week number four of Wanderer's series, talking about the book in the Bible entitled Numbers that Moses wrote uh, several thousand years ago. He penned these words, and I believe that it encourages us today. So as we're looking at this Wanderer's series, we're looking at the nation of the Israel, the children of Israel, and how they uh, was coming out of captivity from Egypt and going into the promised land or heading towards that direction of the promised land and the journey that was along the way and how that applies to our life today that we are coming out of our bondage of sin and we're in the wilderness heading towards our promised land someday being heaven and it's our journey along that process and how we can learn from numbers as a book of numbers and it can apply to our life so we're going to read some of ch numbers chapter 19 today Verses, uh, the first few verses. So let's stand as we read. Numbers 19. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Here's another legal requirement commanded by the Lord. Tell the people of Israel to bring you a red heifer, a perfect animal that has no defects and has never been yoked to a plow. Give it to Eleazar the priest, and it will be taken outside the camp and be slaughtered in his presence. Eleazar will take some of the its blood on his finger and sprinkle it seven times towards the front of the tabernacle. As Eliezer watches, the heifer must be burned, its hide, meat, blood, and dung. Eliezer, the priest, must then take a stick of cedar, a hyssop branch, and some scarlet yarn and throw them in the fire where the heifer is burning. Then the priest must wash his clothes and bathe himself in water. Afterward, he may return to camp, though he will remain ceremonially unclean until that evening let's pray father we thank you for this day lord we thank you for the book of numbers and lord as we see the children of israel wandering through the desert wandering through their life trying to find direction from you trying to seek your perfect plan god i pray today that you would open our eyes in this place of everyone that's here god that we could see that you have a plan for our life that there is a destiny before us and, Lord, that, the, that when we cross over that Jordan, and, Lord, we go into that land promised by you, the t flowing with milk and honey, what we will know is heaven. Lord, help us to see that that's our destiny. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says amen. amen. You can be seated. Numbers chapter 19 is a long chapter that deals with cere ceremonially... Uh, cleanliness and things that God was giving them to do as a nation for the priest to remain clean and for the nation to become clean they had these ceremonial washes that they had to do that it was instructed by God that he told them you had to have a a red heifer and there's a lot of symbolic things for that and there's there's a lot of uh, end time events that deals about a red heifer coming back and We've heard in times past how that the nation of Israel, that they're watching for a red heifer. Sometimes on the news you'll hear them talk about a red heifer. And this was what it's about. If you go back to Numbers chapter 19, that God was instructing them that you had to have that red heifer to become ceremonially clean. And the whole thing with God is becoming clean. Look at your neighbor and say, how clean are you? <laughs> Did you wear deodorant today? <laughs> Hopefully... He took a shower this morning or last night or a few days ago will be okay. But there's a, there's a, 
There's something good about being clean. Amen. It's a refreshing to feel clean. Like after the car show yesterday, and it was hot, man. It was 90-some degrees and just sweat pouring and cooking 200 hamburgers and already that much heat. I think you could just, how he said, we could have just laid them out on the blacktop and they would have fried themselves. I believe that's probably true. It was so hot. And just the car show went on and on. I went inside for a little while and sat in the basement of, of Kentucky Heights to get cooled down in the basement some. And then after the car show was over, Greg and Donna was gracious enough to invite us over to come over and swim in their pool. Anybody ever been nighttime swimming? That's pretty awesome. We went over there in a nighttime swim, and he has these things they call noodles, you know, in the swimming pool. And I was just kind of laying in there floating around on that, that noodle thing underneath my arms, just kind of drifting around. And, and I don't know what happened, but it was like it, my inner temperature Greg kept calling it core temperature or something. He had these big fancy terms for it, but it felt like I cooled down pretty fast because I was in the pool, floating around under the stars. But when I got out, I went in feeling all hot, sweaty, nasty, gritty, dirty. And when I was in the pool and I come out, I felt clean. Have you ever done that? Whenever you maybe was outside working in the yard, doing something, gardening, and, and get really, really dirty? And then you go inside and you, and you say, well, I'm just going to take a bath just to clean up. And you get in that bath, and when you come out, it just feels refreshing. There should be refreshing times in our spiritual life too. Amen? Whenever we become dirty, when we become unclean, whenever there's things that happen in our life and our, our environment that brings about things that happen that sometimes outside of our control, that we feel so unclean before God, there should be a place that we could go to like a bathtub in your house that you can lay down and come out ceremonially clean before God. How many would like to feel that? The presence of God cleaning you from everything that's hindering your walk with God. The word in the Bible that, that uh, God terms for this, it's a, it's a word that some people take uh, to extremes and go too far with. And some people count it as nothing and do nothing about it. But I think there should be a good middle ground of something with this word that we would try and strive for. The word is holiness. Holiness. Holiness means cleanliness. You want to ask somebody how holy they are, you're asking them, How clean is your life? How clean is your spiritual walk with God? Is there things that's distorting that? Is there things that's hindering you or holding you back from walking before God in a clean fashion? Because you ever been to a doctor, go to the doctor for a checkup or maybe an annual uh, checkup, they call them, or a physical or something like that, and you, you're kind of worried and maybe you got some things going on. There's, there's like a knot under the skin on your arm right here, and you're like worried about it, and it's all concerning, and oh, no, what's that going to be, and this and that. And maybe there's things going on, your body ain't working the way it's supposed to, and, and you go to the physician, and you go and talk to him, and you say, hey, how am I doing? And he takes your blood pressure, and he, he, they take some blood out of your arm, and they run tests on it. And then they'll, they'll uh, do different things and take your blood sugar to see how you're doing. And then, then two weeks later, they call you back and say, we give you a clean bill of health. Cleanliness shouldn't be something that we run from. You don't want to go to the doctor and get a bad bill of health. You want a clean bill of health. Why is it when we're talking about our spiritual walk or our spiritual being that we think, well, how much can I get by with? Yeah. A lot of Christians...
try to walk through this life trying to see how far they can go and how many things they can do against God and still make it to heaven. One amen. I said a lot of Christians walk through this life trying to figure out how much they can get by with. Truly, holiness means I want to get closer to God and farther away from this world. As my life becomes clean, sure there's going to be things that, that's falling off of my life and, I'm, and people can see me in a different fashion. I thank God that my life sometimes as I go through life, I, I feel like maybe I ain't accomplishing all I want to accomplish and I don't feel as successful as I want to be in this life. But then you'll come into contact with somebody and they'll say, I've noticed something and it's there's something different about you. It happened to me two weeks ago. Met some young people. I'd never met them before. Sat there and listened and, 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 and talked with them and, and I had, had a discussion with them. And a couple days later, I went back and, and, and they come up to me because it was in a crowd. And they come up to me alone, two of them, brothers or cousins or something. They had the same last name. I didn't ask them. But they said, you go to church anywhere? I said, yeah. Really? Then they lit up. They said, we do too. One of them was a youth pastor. Another one was evangelist. And they said, we could tell by your actions there was something different about you. I want my life to be that. Because not only will other Christians know that there's something different about you, I want the whole world to know that there's something different about me. Amen? Christians can tell Christians. They should be able to. Two amens. Christians should be able to tell other Christians. One of them should be the joy of the Lord. Maybe somebody else needs to say that. The joy of the Lord should be the difference in the Christian walk. People could, should look at you and say, man, you used to be an old fuddy-duddy, and now you're happy all the time. What happened? Amen. Christians should be happy people. We should, there should be a joy on the inside of us because we've been cleaned by God, not of our own works. We would boast about that if it was our own works. That's what the scripture teaches us. But there's a cleanliness that happens with God that it should bring a joy to our soul knowing I was in a pickle and now I've got out of it because God and his grace and his mercy has cleaned me. It's a cleanliness thing. So as a Christian, and as the nation of Israel here in this picture, they was at the point of trying to figure out how much they could do without God rather than trying to picture their life how much better it would be with God. In this Wanderer series, we're trying to see some uh, uh, correlation between what they was dealing with and what we're dealing with. Their journey was going from Egypt, slavery, through the wilderness, into the promised land. If it pictures your life, it's like this. Slavery is sin. Slavery was Egypt to you. Your sin, your state of sin, of, of, of living in a lifestyle of sin that was, was where you were separated from God, that is your bondage. That is your picture of Egypt in this story. The wilderness is the journey when you cross through the Red Sea, and, and it's a miraculous thing that God brings you through. Peter writes about that, that, that these thousands were washed 
by the crossing of the Red Sea that it washed them away. It's a, it's a sign of cleanliness. How good is your journey going so far since you became a Christian? How well are you doing at this walk? Because as a Christian, we've still got decisions to make. Amen? Once you become a Christian, doesn't mean that your battles are all over and there's nothing else to ever have to deal with again. Can somebody say amen that's ever been through something after you become saved? When you become saved, doesn't mean the enemy's going to give up and say, well, I'll just leave that one alone now. Oh, Slewfoot, who Pastor Wells used to call him all the time, he chases after. He, 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 he covets you. He, he, he wants you to get back to that place of bondage of sin. And as he's chasing you down, don't court him. Amen? If you court or play with the devil, it won't be long until you're in chains once again. Because if he can get the cuffs back on your wrist, he won't let you raise your hands anymore. These songs that Leslie sings and, and as, as we as praise and worship time of, of the service, if, if you haven't lifted your hands in a while, just maybe just slip up your hand every now and then and just say, God, I'm going to do this out of just expecting when I begin to raise my hand that I'm going to feel your presence once again. If you're going through a, a season where it feels like you're wandering in the desert like these people, what if they would have just lifted their hands and said, God, I'm, I'm, I'm clean, I, I need some cleanliness in my life, and I'm just going to praise you through the storm I know I'm wandering in this desert I don't understand everything that's going on but I know if I praise God he inhabits the praises of his people how long has it been since you was driving up the road and you was looking and, and driving and going along and you just felt like that something was in the car with you and you begin to think, maybe, maybe God is riding with me. And you begin to praise him and thank him. And I know the person in the, that's driving next to you is going to look over and say, what's wrong with them people? They're talking to themselves. It's okay. I love it when that happens. That I feel the presence of God. And when you begin to talk to him and, and, and explain to him in what uh, shape you're in, he will come through and he will cleanse you. The Bible says he'll cleanse you of all unrighteousness. How many desires that? A cleanliness, a holiness with God. A walk with God where that he helps us. So this cleanliness happens. And it's kind of like the picture, you know, of... Uh, that you see in churches, and it's a, a lighthouse. They, they give a, a symbolic picture of a lighthouse, that it's a, a beacon of hope. Because ships, whenever they go out to sea and they're drifting around, and they're looking, and, and they're maybe in the middle of the darkness in the night, and maybe they lose the light on their own boat, and, and maybe their candle went out, and maybe, maybe they had a torch that, that the oil run dry and it went out. And they're out lost in the middle of the sea, and they're just drifting around with no direction or sense of where they're going. But in the middle of the darkness, one small glimmer of light coming across that ocean will give you a line directing you straight towards the land that you're hoping for. What if I'm telling you today that that is God in the picture of God in your drifting when your light runs out, whenever it seems like the Spirit of God is abandoned and left you, He will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm not saying He does, but there's moments in your life where it feels like it's gone. Amen, Ernie? It, where it seems like that God has left you. 
Just look around in the middle of that darkness because the enemy is trying to camp around about you. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to kill you. And if you'll just look out, you'll see a little bit of beacon of hope. You'll see that light come shining across that water. And if you will go towards that light, the darkness will flee. The closer you get to the lighthouse, the more bright it gets. That's what holiness with God is. I'm going to abandon this darkness I'm in. I'm drifting. I'm lost. I feel like I'm undone. I don't have purpose. But if I go towards the light, the brighter it's going to get. I'm not looking to get away from it and say, Oh, no, I'm unclean. I'm dirty. I'm wondering, God. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to run from your light. It's not time to run from his light. It's time to run towards his light. So today, in holiness, in thinking about this cleanliness, don't look at what you can get by with. Look at what you can get away from. Amen. Can I say that again? Don't look at what you can get by with. <laughs> Amen. Don't worry about what you can get by with and say, well, I can still do this and be a Christian. I can, still, I can still wander around a little bit in this area and dabble a little bit here and there, and, and I, can still get, I can still be a Christian. I can still go to heaven. I hope that's true. I hope you really will make heaven. But why dabble in sin and expect blessings from God? <laughs> There's a few scriptures about holiness that I wanted to, to, to talk about today, just for a moment. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. I love this verse because it seems like something that I have trouble with. Look at your neighbor and say, I have a trouble with a few verses. <laughs> There's a few verses I have trouble with. Okay? Let's look at one of them here. A, a, a troubling verse. That I think it's probably troubling for everybody in the room. Look at your neighbor and say, this applies to you. Yeah, it's, it's a verse for you today. This, it's your day. God was thinking about you. It's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. English Standard Version says this, Strive for peace with everyone. Strive for peace with everyone. Are you a peacemaker? There's times in my life that I've got to reflect and look back and say, God, I'm drifting too far from the shore. I need your light because I'm not striving for peace. I'm seeking justice. I loved it uh, last weekend. The secretary at work come to work Monday, and she said, uh, I sat in a church this weekend, and and." Just sitting there having a good time and listening to the sermon. It was really going good. And You see, that's a blessing to me. Because I remember witnessing to her. I've been at work now for a year, back to work at the union hall. And when I went, she wasn't going to church. I told her, I said, you need to get your grandbabies in church. Amen? Amen. She loves her grandbabies. She says, the only thing i got left in this life is time. And I want to spend it wisely. I said, you need to take your grandbabies to church. She takes the grandbabies to church. Last Sunday, she's sitting in church and having a good old time. 
How many has a good old time in church? I love going to church. She goes to church sitting there and just having a good old time, and next thing you know, one of her friends lost his wife to his pastor. Following the story? Goes to church. His pastor steals his wife. What's even more sad? His pastor is his uncle. See, that's a double knife in the back. This is bad stuff, right? So here's Sandy sitting there enjoying the service. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she says, there's not a lot of amen in the church, but she said there's some, you know, sporadic here or there. And she said she's sitting there, and she got to noticing that there was an amen. She said it seemed like just the right time to say an amen. Said she's just enjoying it, and then she looked over and saw her friend's uncle, pastor, and her friend's ex-wife sitting in church, amening. She said, I couldn't enjoy the rest of the service. She said, my mind began to drift and to wonder. But her friend, who's a true Christian that it exemplifies holiness, cleanliness before God, because he says, he tells her all the time, I forgive them. He said, I ain't saying it's easy. He said, I'm not saying that there's times that I don't want to go punch them in the throat. He says, I forgive them. I'm, I let it go. They're, they're, they're free before God. I'll, I'll give it up. But here my secretary sitting there and saying, she said, I don't know. He done my friend wrong. Sometimes we want justice for others. Come on, somebody. We expect justice for others, but mercy for ourselves. If you want to talk about true holiness before God, it's whenever you become so worried about your own condition that you're willing to say, I'm going to give up on that because i got to worry about me. And she was sitting there in the middle of that service, and she said she'd come to that conclusion. I can't worry about them. I need to be like my friend because he forgave them. And if that's what church is about, it's about forgiving people that do you wrong, it doesn't make any sense. It don't, it don't really, this ain't the picture I wanted in church. This ain't the way I wanted church to be. But if this is the way church is supposed to be, that God wants me to forgive others so he'll forgive me, then I'm going to forgive them so that I can deal with my own salvation. That's what the Bible says. Work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling before God. And the more we work on ourselves, the more we ask God to clean us, the more we're searching for that light, the cleaner we'll be, the holier we'll be, the better off the church will be. If the church would quit judging amongst the inside and say we're all sinners, we're all undone without God, we wouldn't be sitting in a church service if it wasn't for the grace of God. I'm not clean enough for God. You're not clean enough for God. The only way you ever will be is with God. That's what holiness is. So she decides that in the middle of a service, she decides that. I can't worry about him. I'm going to be like my friend, and I'm going to forgive him because that's the right thing to do. When's the last time you forgave somebody? If you want to go towards holiness, if you want to go towards cleanliness, start forgiving. I'm talking about people that done you drastically bad things wrong. When you forgive them, it brings a cleansing. It brings a washing because that's what God wants. And Hebrews tells us, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. 
Somebody say hallelujah. Make every effort to be at peace with everybody. Because if we hold grudges, you can hold stuff against everybody. We can hold sins and little things. And I can't believe you said that back in 1973. I remember you said that one little word. It, it hurt me so wrong. I just can't let go of that. And it's going to hold me. And I just can't let it go. When the church ought to be a place that we come in and say, I know you said some bad things to me, and I probably said some bad things to you. And I, what, I didn't act like Christ ever been every step of my life. And in this journey since the Red Sea, I've made some mistakes. Since God washed me, since I've been baptized, since I've been saved, I've had some things go wrong in my life. But guess what? I'm still wandering around. I'm still on that journey. I'm still going towards that direction. I want the light of God to penetrate my life and cleanse me of all these things Amen. that are holding me back from God. I ain't looking for what I can get by with. I'm looking for what God wants in my life. Amen. Work at living with peace with everyone. And work at a living a holy life. <laughs> for those who are not holy will not see the Lord if you don't do these things. Paul was saying, the reason we should strive for holiness is because other people's watching. And if we want to see a dying world that's heading to hell at alarming rate, it's time for holiness. It's time for forgiveness in the church. It's time for a cleanliness. Time for a washing. Let's if you come play. A holiness. Won't you stand? Come to the altar is the name of this song. And the altar isn't something that I thought when I was a kid growing up that the altar was a, a wooden piece of furniture that was designed by somebody that it was a, a, a place that I had to go when I wanted to get to God. And you can look through the Old Testament and see all of the place that any time that the children of Israel were wandering away from God and, and falling away from God, that and Abraham, and when he was Abram, he, he made some mistakes. He'd done some wrong things. And, and the Bible says in multiple places that he would go up into a high hill and he would lay an altar. He would get some rocks and he would lay up an altar and he would give a sacrifice on that altar, honey. And I'm just wondering today as Christians and we're in the midst of, we're right in the middle of this, of this sermon series, The Wonders, and, and it hasn't been helping you in your walk with Christ. Have you thought about the expectations that God has for you? Have you thought about having patience and, and these different uh, topics that we're talking about? But today's holiness. Have you been taking step towards God? I hope and pray that we are. Because as a church, 
We should be getting closer to Jesus every week. Leslie, if you'll just sing one verse of that. Just close your eyes and just, just start petitioning God to help clean you today. here just bow your head and close your eyes I want to know if there's anybody here today that say Pastor Ben I want you to pray for me because I'm needing to clean a few things up in my life there's some areas that I want God to cleanse me and I'm making a decision today that I'm desiring to get closer to that lighthouse I want it to be brighter in my life I'm tired of the darkness I'm ready for the light is there anybody here who'll lift their hand and say pray for me Pastor Ben I want the light of God in my life. I want a holiness with God. I want to get closer to Him. I'm desiring Him to begin to turn some things around. Some things I'm holding on to, I'm ready to walk away from. And today's the day I'm marking a line in the sand and I'm saying no longer shall the enemy hold me hostage. Bondage is over today. In Jesus' name. There's been multiple people raise their hand. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray right now that every person in this room that raised their hand, Lord, they're desiring a cleanliness. Lord, they're desiring a good spiritual bath. And just as you did for the children of Israel back then, that the priest would take that red heifer and he would take that blood and he would sprinkle it over the, the, the tabernacle, the place of meeting with you. God, I pray today that these people here, Lord, that your blood of your son Jesus would be sprinkled over their life. Lord, that it would, it would be symbolic of a cleansing that's happening right now. Lord, that the sin that they've been dealing with, the weight of this world has been on their shoulders. And God, I pray today as they cast it off, as they draw this line in the sand, God, I pray today that you would set them free from this bondage, that the enemy would have to let go. And Lord, that darkness would have to flee and the light of your gospel, God, would penetrate their heart. And God, there would be a cleansing such as they've never seen before. Lord, that a glorious light would would come around them. Lord, that there will be a glow about them. Lord, that people will say, something's changed with you. And Lord, I thank you for the work you're doing through the numbers. Lord, you wrote it 4,000 years ago for a, a people that was wandering around in a wilderness. And here it is applying to our life today because God, you're unchanging. You're unchanging, oh God. Your principles don't change. Your attributes don't change, God. And just as you had compassion on them, just as you had mercy on them, I pray 
for that same result to happen here today. I feel like there's a few people here, more than a few. I'm going to join in it myself. I feel like there's some of us here today that need to forgive some people for some things been done wrong to us. And just as the secretary last week had to make a decision in a church service to say, I'm not going to dwell on that. I can't fix that. I'm not going to expect judgment on their life. I, I pray for mercy on their life. Is there anybody here that will just lift their hands and say, I need to forgive a few people. I need to forgive a few people. There's been some people hurt me. Some things has went wrong. And I'm praying that those forgiveness will be extended from my heart. Father, I thank you that you're allowing people to see their self in a true light. And Lord, there needs to be forgiveness. Lord, without your cross, there will be no forgiveness of sins. Jesus, when you was hanging on that cross, you asked your Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Lord, for the hurt that's happened to people in this room. Lord, there's some people that's been hurt drastically in this room. And Lord, as they're choosing today to forgive, just like your son Jesus did on that cross. Lord, let it bring about freedom in their life. In Jesus' name I pray.